Hi guys and welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast with me, Alex Whiteley. And this is the halfway point for Season Alpha. Uh, it's episode five with James Millerchamp. And what a journey it's been to get here. Honestly, it's been incredible. Um, and I want to say thank you to everybody who supported the Shoes of Biscuit before and up to this point. Um, it's been really, really, uh, it's, you know, throwing out the manual and, and ripping out this part and putting in this part and changing the way we do things. I know the interviews kind of sound the same, but uh, the way I'm making them and producing them is completely different. So, um, it's been a, a huge change and everybody that's been supportive of me, thank you so much. We've had some really nice comments about the content, the social media stuff and the the graphics designs and stuff, um, of which were, of course, um, made by Web Orchard. Uh, so thank you, Web Orchard, for them. Uh, it looks really, I think I was watching The Morning Show um, at the time. I was kind of like, I want something all punchy and fun and that's what the new logo looks like. So it's really, really good. Uh, today's guest is is really, really cool. I love him very much for what he does because he inspires young people to go out there and be artists as well as being a great artist himself. <sighs> we spoke last, I think it was last Christmas at uh, Drawn, very briefly on the Shrewsbury Biscuit. And I, since then, I've been dying to get him behind the mic properly. So I'm very, very pleased um, to introduce to you today, Mr. James Millichamp. I won't chat on too much i'm gonna let you listen to this amazing episode so let's take it away james millichamp everybody <laughs> i'm just gonna hear i've done one of these intros for ages which we're just going to um now weirdly Normally, I, I am used to the sound of my own voice when, I, when I'm like editing back and stuff. It's fine. But since I've come back and I'm like super like hyper focused on my content, whether it's good and the the, the, the natural sort of rapport of, of things, there have been a few cringe moments where I'm kind of like, I'm not back in the flow of it yet. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's been nice though. It's been nice coming back. Um, welcome to the, the Shrewsbury Biscuit, guys. Um, I'm Alex Whiteley. And today I'm joined by a champion, <laughs> James Millerchamp. Uh, you winner of of the Bellevue Arts Festival um, Gallery uh, art competition that we had an amazing um, event put together by My Shrewsbury um, Soden Gallery and Bellevue, Bellevue Arts Festival team as well. James, thank you for coming on the show, man. Thank you for having me. It's very exciting. Yeah, I was kicking myself. We were just making a drink now before we uh, recorded, and I was just explaining to James that. As all this was happening, I was at the Bellevue Arts Festival. I did a, a few reels and stuff. Um, but just after that, I sort of down mics for a bit, focused on my work life. And I couldn't cover the the much of the Bellevue Arts Festival, which is amazing because I've covered it every single year since the biscuits began. No, really? Yeah. Oh, so it's mad. So it's just your 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 uh, input. That's what it was. I was just like, oh, <laughs> not this year, James. Not this year. I jinxed it. You did. You Clearly. did. <clears throat> so um, I know that you're going to be a great guest on the show because Christmas last year, this <laughs> I've mentioned about this drug deal that went on with my wife and Mike Perkins uh, a while ago. I bought, she bought me a, secretly bought me a picture from Mike for Christmas. Nice. So when we were at, at um, Drawn that Christmas, a Christmas ago, um, I was chatting to you and Mike and the conversation was so riveting, I didn't notice my wife in the background with Mike's wife <laughs> buying a paint, painting and rushing it to the car. <laughs> That's good. The, yeah. The, 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 the uh, distraction technique yeah. paid off. Uh, Mike must have been like, uh, James would be a good conversation for Alex. <laughs> this would be a good distract- distraction. Just tell us a bit about yourself, James. Where, where'd you hail from originally? So I'm from Wolverhampton. Yes. Which is, uh, if you can't tell from the accent, which is a beautiful... Quite a little town. I heard it's quite quaint. It's, well, I don't know if quaint <laughs> quite covers it. It is It is the centre of the universe, Wolverhampton is. We were the first town to have traffic lights, if that's a claim to fame. I don't think it is. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll buy that. Thanks. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, people don't know, but it's an historic town as well. It was founded in 985. Or 985. I'm, ve- I'm very proud Wolverhampton, as you can tell. Do you know what I found out? Yeah, tell we'll me. We'll pause on Wolverhampton for yep. a second because I found out we're watching The Last Kingdom at the moment, which is one of my favourite shows about Vikings, right? I've seen it. It's so good. The Robert Cromwell, Cornwell. Bernard Cornwell. Cornwell. But yeah, thanks. He wrote The, the Sharp, <laughs> but the reason why I like him is because he wrote The Sharp books. You know, The Sharp was Sean Bean and all that. 
I read every single one of those books. I was obsessed for a long time. Literally read them all. I think one and a half times. There's 22 books in the series. I tried to go again and got bored halfway through. But the books are amazing. Anyway, um, so we, me and my wife are obsessed with like Viking history and, you know, and I found out that there's the, there's a Greek church just literally around the corner at the end of this estate. And on it's built on top of an old ruin, which is one of the oldest historical landmarks in Europe. No, really? It goes back like four and a half thousand years. <laughs> That's incredible. That's that is incredible. Well, talking about Vikings, so Wolverhampton is, 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 is kind of spread. There's quite a few towns which have been absorbed into Wolverhampton. And Wensfield... The name Wensfield comes from Wodensfield and was reportedly the site of a of a big battle between the Saxons and the Danes. Saxons and the Danes. An historic battle in I Wensfield. I love stuff like this. It's good. They've got a headless cross in uh, St. Peter's Church in Wolverhampton, which is over a thousand years old. Wow. It's mad, isn't it? You could be a tourist in your own. You, people go to Rome. Yeah, Rome. <laughs> and they go to Rome, Greece. Yeah. This is just, it's, it's a wonderful <laughs> town. I still call it a town. I know it's officially a city, but I think uh, to me, it's always always been a town. Um, when did you, I mean, so you're in, you're in Wolves. Um, and uh, when did you come to Shrewsbury? How long have you been here? We came, if, uh, oh, I want to say 10, 11, 12 years ago. So I met my wife. We were both working. We're both teachers. We're working in the same school in Wolverhampton. And um, we moved over here for a, you know, nicer quality of life. I mean, Shropshire is a wonderful place to live. Beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful town. Lots to do, lots to eat. We like to go out to eat, to drink, all that stuff. Uh, And obviously the river. I mean, it's just gorgeous, isn't it? So we moved over here and then my wife was headhunted for a job here. Oh, nice. So that was great. But, of course, for me, it meant I was then commuting on my Todd back to Wolverhampton every day, and uh, that got a bit tedious. It's a bit soul-destroyed, isn't it? It got a little bit tedious, so I started looking for work this way and um, came over this way. But, yeah, I studied in Wolverhampton, did my degree there and my master's, and worked a lot of my working life spent in Wolverhampton teaching. So I teach and art artist educator i call myself people call themselves different things some people are like i'm a maker teacher or i'm a teacher artist i'm an myself. artist educator i think that's what i like to call myself an artist educator. sounds pretentious isn't it? But whatever no but i feel like it's good to be able to take a passion of what you do on the outside of work and bring it into that you know yeah. so you can you can be passionate about inspiring people basically well exactly and i think for the young for young people to see that your teacher actually does what they're teaching you i think that's i think that's important you know like take pe for example often pe teachers are competitive sports people aren't they? they'll be or they'll be coaching or playing professionally in either a local team or or wider than that so the youngsters can see oh yeah well you know, our netball coach actually plays netball, right? So I think as an artist, as an art teacher, it's important that you, that you put your money where you make You're practising what you preach on the highest terms. It is inspiring to see because uh, I won't mention the name of the teacher or the school, but I went to school in Wrexham and my maths teacher was a part-time teacher. He was, he was a part-time taxi driver, that's right. He was a taxi driver. <laughs> So you'd see, you'd pick you up with your mom in the shop and be like, oh, it's you. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> we had some very odd job sort of um, teachers in that, in that school. Um, but nonetheless, I'm all right. I, I survived, you know. Exactly, exactly. I think, t- I mean, teaching, I could talk all night about teaching. Uh, I think it's, I think, you know, that if you get on with your teacher, I know it's, schools will say different, but I think it makes such a difference because there were teachers I had that put me off. Certain subjects and other teachers, which really inspired. So when I when I went, did sick form, our art teacher, Mister Perkins, was a massive, and I, actually, I ended up working with him as a teacher later on, um, and worked under him. Not Mike, is it? No, it's not that. <laughs> it's not that Mister Perkins, John Perkins. He's retired now, and um, you know he was inspirational, and the way he could explain something really complex and make it obvious to me as a 16, 17-year-old, was incredible. And he kind of ignited that real passion for it. I went to sixth form thinking I was going to be an architect. 
Right. I mean, I'm not clever enough, I'll be honest with you, but I thought I was at 16. Uh, so I did, you know, did my A-levels thinking I was going to go on to architecture and, and really my passion for art just exploded. Isn't it amazing when someone can rebuke between the lines like that, you know, and sort of just, I think Brian Cox is one of those, the perfect examples. He can do, like, I always say like, it's probably people roll your eyes out, but he can explain the inner workings of the universe with a stick and a bucket. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I mean? It's amazing. And I think and that's. I think people think sometimes intelligence is using lots of big words and oh. lots of language and, and making things almost impenetrable. But actually, for me, as a, you know, somebody who's really intelligent can, it can convey something complex in the simplest terms. And if they can explain it to me, they're doing well. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> so, I think it's about having a connection with the kids as well. I mean, um one of my one of the greatest uh, teachers I had, I will mention his name, Mr. Fletcher. He was my geography teacher, and um, it wasn't even a curriculum thing. I think being a, an angst teenager, I think a lot of people can uh, sort of um, put themselves in the same situation. I was a bit hormonal, a bit angry. Somebody annoyed me, and I went to rage at them. And he stood in front of me, which is probably the worst thing to probably do when someone's raging. I was like, and I was screaming in this guy's face. He's like, let it out, let it out, come on, let it out. And so I did. Um, he's like, see me after class. He didn't throw me out, didn't send me to the, he sit down, he let me rage in his face, sit down. And he suggested that I do something to vent my anger. And he suggested the army cadets and I joined the army cadets and I became a very well de- decorated army cadet, you know, I went and did oh, a lot. You know what I mean? So he could sense that I just needed yeah. that little bit of a... I think everybody needs an outlet, don't they? And you need something which which can take you out of yourself. And in a way, for me, that's art. You know, when I'm painting, it's like three hours feels like five minutes. It just goes, you're in the zone. Whatever it is that you that you do, you know, some people go running, yeah. some people go swimming, some people play tennis, whatever. For me, it's in the studio, paintbrush in my hand. I like to dual screen when I edit and stuff. So like I've got my mu- my music, my podcast stuff on one screen. So it's, it's all playing away. And on here I'm doing graphic design and making artwork and stuff like that. Yeah. So like, I'm doing these things. And you, like you said, that's exactly what happens to me. Five minutes goes and it's, yeah. but what you guys, what you're doing with art is like a blank canvas is probably one of the scariest things for me to think about. Because if somebody says to you, go and paint something nice and they give you a bucket of paint, and a blank canvas, what do you do? <laughs> and that's why your art, like having looked at, having read and looked at your art, is like the complexity of what you do is, yeah. is that's quite frightening. I think it's I think it's 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 hard. I mean I I paint for me, really. I make pictures that I think are interesting and want to look at. And I'm really lucky that other people seem to find them interesting or whatever you know they've I've had this had the Bellevue arts competition and a few things had a few exi- exhibitions and pieces in Ironbridge fine art and uh, there's some pieces up in the parade at the moment I've got a piece going in this week to Mrs Jones art gallery shout out to Mrs Jones I, I popped in there because she, she sends me emails to press releases for things hair on my it always annoys me um, <laughs> and uh, I had to go and apologise because I'd stopped doing the biscuit I wasn't doing anything so I was like please keep sending them to me because she does do amazing work yeah. right? it's a lovely space and actually it's a it's a great if you're just in town because it's only across the, the the footbridge isn't it now lovely little space and she has like jigsaws and really interesting art books you know if you want a Christmas present for somebody well birthday present I guess now we've had Christmas haven't we but <laughs> lovely space to go and then um, yeah so it's it's great to be in there and to to have that piece in Soden collection in the summer for the uh, Bellevue Arts Festival was amazing. But my trick is with a with a you going back to you saying about a blank canvas. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the this is the trick. I always just slap a bit of paint on before I start. So so you so you've got this. You're quite right. A a blank white canvas. It's like the first page in your sketchbook, right? The white page, and it's so pristine and so perfect. And you're like. I, I, I don't want to ruin it. I'm going to beep this up. <laughs> so what? Yeah. So what I do is intentionally ruin it and then bring it back. So I'll just slap a streak of paint right across the middle and then start the work. That's it. That's amazing. And I do that. I'm the first page in a sketchbook. I just 
scratch a line across the first page with a pencil or charcoal or whatever. Do you reckon there's anything subconscious in the, what, what you do when you do that? You know, is there any, because it's such an instant thing to just yeah. throw paint. Like- well, sometimes it's interesting. Like one piece I did, which went down to Ibridge and, and sold, somebody else saw something in it. I put that first mark on, I had some, some blue paint, it was big, it was a big piece, like four foot by three foot. And I kind of did this zigzag mark just as that first mark as the underpaint, and then I was going to start. And I was like, I just looked at it and thought, this is perfect. This is it. <laughs> this is a beautiful thing. And I'd stop myself and said, that's it, I'm done. That's <laughs> And it went in the show and it sold. Somebody somebody else obviously liked it. But I think I think that's one of the hardest things is knowing when to stop because, uh, sorry, a lot, right. of my, a lot of my work is, um, la- you know, it's built up in layers. So there'll be pictorial elements, it's kind of descriptive almost drawn elements, detailed sections, and then it builds up in colour. So it's, so it's putting layer on layer, and, and sometimes it's knowing when to stop because you... So, you know, do you know what I mean? You add one extra layer and think, oh, no, I've ruined the whole thing. It's not like drawing on a tablet where you can press an undo button. <laughs> yeah, there's no edit undo where you're slapping <laughs> gloss paint on the cover. Or <laughs> like, bitumen down the thing or whatever. <laughs> yes. Buy a new canvas <laughs> and new paint as well if you want to start all over. And that's the thing. That's the scary yeah. thing. You know, it's like you can't just delete it. you got yeah. what you do. You're committing to that canvas. But, and I think I think that's part of the process. I mean, I say to the students at the at school, you know, they, God, I mean, they're so inspirational, young people. And, and working with young young people is, is incredible privilege. You know, I'm not saying it's easy teaching, but it's, it is a privilege because you, you Working with young people, you see them take to things they've never tried, they've no experience, and yeah. they just throw themselves in. And you think this is incredible. And, and then you watch their skills develop, and they, you know, they become more fluent and more confident. And it's so rewarding. But um, it is part of the process. And sometimes paintings get worse, and you have to you have to bring them back. Right? Yeah. It gets worse before it gets better. And that's a hard thing to explain to a young person because for them, it goes wrong. They've ruined it. I'm giving up. I'm starting again. It's like, no, you don't give up. It'll come back to you. You've just got to work and work it. I, I remember being puzzled by this for years, actually, because we, we had, a, a it's like I think, a typical time when a, an artist comes into school when I was younger. And we had this artist come in and she was like, rubbers are useless. Right, mistake. There are no such thing as mistakes. You know, she was teaching us about, and she was teaching us about how you could tear pink things off, and then you can use that again for something else, and then you can do this, that, and the other. You can put, you know, she was like teaching us that there are no mistakes in art, and I was like, but there are. <laughs> it is really hard to get your head around because there are, you know. Yeah, yeah, they are, and things can be wrong. You know, if you're drawing perspective and it's wrong, it's wrong. If you're an architect, for example, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But but also, it might be wrong on intention you're trying to create a distorted effect if you look at Cezanne's paintings where it looks like the apples should roll off the table none of it makes sense pictorially yeah but that was intentional he was compressing the picture space to the front so you feel like you're right there and it was so it's intentional so you so uh, you know I wouldn't say to Cezanne <laughs> you're wrong <laughs> do you know what I mean but that's, derivative <laughs> that's an intentional device and I think that's different if you're learning and you make and you you do make mistakes in art and, yeah. and things things do need working on and is it really hard to, to teach that individualism when you're following a curriculum for kids I think well we that's a really good question and it is hard because we we you know, there are skills we want young people to learn, right? As an art teacher, you want them to learn, to understand perspective as an example and value tone, you know, dark and light and colour, how you mix colours, colour theory, all that stuff. Uh, and you and you teach that through set projects. So we're working on this project, this term. Um, but I always try and build in some level of choice some degree of choice within the project so it might be a fixed project but they've got some control some decision making pro process involved in that and then as they get older you know i give more and more control to the students so the a level students is completely self-guided i'm not saying it's not taught we're there we help them with the structure we support them we show them the skills and techniques they need but in terms of their content how they 
uh, explore ideas, that's for them to, to come to us with. I mean, you mentioned Mike Perkins earlier. He said, he, I remember him saying something to me which stuck. He's obviously a very wise man and a very talented artist. And he said, very wise. He said, you can't teach style. Right, and I think that's true. I, he put it so well. It's like you've just explained it perfectly because you can teach somebody the skills. They can, they can understand tone and perspective and color theory and everything else. But you can't give, you can't teach somebody their own. No, you're right. Style. Yeah, because you're always going to lean to what you feel comfortable with yeah. and what you excel at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, actually, he shared something. I can't remember the, the artist's name. Uh, I'm going to try and find it. I'm going to be rude looking at my phone. I'm very sorry. I'm going to make sure my phone volume's down. Um, but it was really funny. And I was like, oh my God, it's brutal. But um, it made sense. Let me see if I can find it. He's, uh, we had a, a debate when he was on the Biscuit Guide. Do you hear that? About the Constantine Constantine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The name. <laughs> Don't ask me. And I'll argue with I'll the guy. I'll go with Mike. I think he's prob- he probably knows. I have to go with Mike because he <laughs> literally draws Constantine. <laughs> Um, he's, he's, he's deleted it though okay so uh, it was basically a post where some guy was saying how can I emulate such and such and he showed pictures of this famous artist because I really like his work and he like commented on the tweet or whatever you're saying well, why don't you just learn how to draw <laughs> fantastic <laughs> it's, it's, it's a bit a bit disrespectful to just emulate someone yeah. you got to be yourself but right? it's true but I think well yes and no because you you always have influence like if, if you if you use a comparison of music right you know, they think of musical genres, people are into punk or grunge or hip-hop or they like to listen to classical music or yeah. opera or whatever. So that influences you as a musician. If you're then composing work, you've got the styles that you absorb to then create your own style. And I think that's true of artists. You know, we we always look at other artists and what they're doing and elements of that come through. Uh, and, you know, I always say to the to the students you you've got to look at what's out there and look at what people are doing and and so it's a bit like going back to music you learn to to play somebody else's piece on the piano to learn how to play the piano and then you compose your own piece if you're not I'm going to say something to you now you're probably like what is he where's he going with this one but Beastie Boys right I love the Beastie Boys Beastie Boys are a great example of that because they used to bootleg music they used to like use like a bit of a song yeah 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 and then they were getting fed up of doing that. They wanted to be individual. So they went and they learned to play instruments. Yeah. And yeah. that's how you get that amazing bass line, yeah, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, for, for sabotage. Uh, I've, I saw them in uh, 1993. Oh, bless you, man. That's amazing. Live in... Uh, jealous. At Lollapalooza in uh, Vancouver in Canada. It was mind-blowing. And they, I mean, they played Wolverhampton. Going back to Wolverhampton being the centre of the universe, the Civic <laughs> Hall, now it's called the Halls. And it's... It's a slightly different animal. But back in the day, every band touring, big bands to little nobodies, would play the Civic Hall, Wolverhampton. I went to watch Royal Blood there a few years ago. They were phenomenal. Yeah, great band, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember listening to it. I used to, they used to, I used to cycle to work when I worked at, lived in Telford. And uh, I was listening to Royal Blood and I got home and I was like, this is the most full band I've heard since Linkin Park. They're amazing. And I Googled them and there was two of them in the band. I was like, you're kidding me, right? Like, <laughs> um, and I remember we went to the Civic and they sell two pinters there, the Civic. And I went with my mate, Matt Rubis, all right, Matt? And uh, we were drinking two pinters, got so drunk. We could be heard on the YouTube or the, the clip that they had done of, for YouTube shouting Hodor randomly off the balcony <laughs> or random civic we ruined their video oh, <laughs> on youtube oh, shout random shout hold on like v21 hold on <laughs> i've seen some bands there though sinead o'connor i saw at the uh, oh really civic calls rest well, in peace and in peace. uh motorhead rest in peace lemmy oh yeah and uh, all sorts of bands. i mean every literally every band touring would play the civic hall we <laughs> Is this correct? I don't know. Uh, I think we nearly went to go and watch Highly Suspect there. I don't know how quick. Like, it's either the Arrow or Birmingham. Uh, but yeah, it's just reopened, isn't it? So it's like there's more bands coming there. There's bands the coming. halls. I haven't been since. I don't often go back across. I love little venues. Like, like the uh, O2 Academy venues you get like everywhere, dotted about the ones in Birmingham and stuff. We went to watch Fun years ago. Remember Fun? Rings a bell. Um, sing, me, sing me the uh, <laughs> sing me the tune. <laughs> I'll have to find him. Um, 
They sang some nights. Hold on, let me find him. Yeah, um, yeah. We went to watch him, and there was like five hundred people in the crowd. We could like touch his feet on the, and then we wouldn't. I wouldn't like. <laughs> but it was that. Uh, yeah, I love that. Inti- when you go to an intimate gig and you, you're up close and stuff, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, music is a big influence for me, really, as an artist. A lot of you know, yeah, I look at art and look at what people are doing, look at exhibitions, but. I still must speak. It was meant to come through here. You know these? Oh, I don't know that. Uh, you'll know this one. Uh, Fleet Foxes. We are young. No? No. Amazing band. Really, really good voice. What are they called? Fun. Fun. I'm going to check. Genuinely brilliant band um, from the, the teens. Yeah. Anyway, we, we, talk, we digress about music. We digress. But I mean, I suppose like when it comes to things like music, um, things that are audible, movies, the area around this geography, seasons, like that's all influences, massive influences for art. It always has been. Everything comes into art because I think you, I think, yeah, you look at artists and you look at, 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 at um, what people are doing, but also you, you listen to music and and what you get from music, I think, is is atmosphere, tempo, rhythms, and all those things come into your visual imagination, if yeah. you know what I mean. Uh, and then, yeah, movies. I mean, movies are a massive thing for me. I love, I love film. I think it's one of the greatest art forms. I, I love, I love, like, the, the gritty, grainy, old version... Like Tarantino still uses that grain, that old old style of film, and I love that to bits. I think it's like don't ever get rid of that movie makers because it's like, it's so yeah, like yeah yeah. But it's like photography, you know, digital photography has replaced traditional photography. But if, there are so many people still using dark rooms and sanotype and alternative photography, and I, and I guess like um, you know, it's like vinyl, isn't it? I mean, I, my record player is poorly at the moment. Oh no! I'm hoping to get get something done about it but but you know you put on a record and the needle drops into the groove and this the sound is just that better. crackle yeah but this but the actual depth and warmth of the sound one of my favorite genres of music and people are gonna be like yeah right but i have got so much um bootlegged I say bootlegged it's legally downloaded and it's like copyright free music uh lo-fi music lo-fi for me that crackle that yeah for me it's like it's like jazz hip-hop and um sort of ambiance music all mixed together it's beautiful and that's why i used to love i love wu-tang like wu-tang for me they've got that crackle in with the music yeah 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 you know <laughs> every it, every original wu-tang album even the digital stuff you have to turn up a little bit louder because of the way it was recorded i love that i think it's great yeah well the beat going back to the beastie boys their last proper studio album when they when they were all uh still uh, uh, was uh, they recorded it all on old 80s analogue desks because they wanted that authentic hip-hop sound. Which one was that? Was that one, the one with ch- ch- Check It Out? Ch- ch- check It Out? Yeah, I think so. Nasty, Hello Nasty? Uh, was oh, they one? did one after that, didn't they? Oh, I'm exposed in my lack of oh, we're gonna knowledge the last week post was. the if year you, 2000. But I want, Hello Nasty, I'm sure, was all recorded analogue. See, Weezer did that recently. I love Weezer as well. They during the pandemic, I don't know how they got away with doing it, but they were like, "Yeah, we want an orchestra, we want a studio, we want lots of analog tape, and we want a massive rug like they do in studios, and we're going to record an analog album in like 2021 or whatever." Fair it was. play. And um, it was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the last Beastie Boys album. They did uh, one about New York, didn't they? After Hello Nasty. Album. I can't remember what it's called. It was Hot, hot Sauce? Hot yeah, Hot Sauce, yeah. The one I was thinking about was the... Hot the, Sauce to, Committee. To the Five Boroughs. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's the one I said. Yeah, New York was to the Five Boroughs. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Great, great. Um, 
we digress massively. I love this. Oh, by the way, I'm going to take pictures. I just thought I'd let you know. I wanted to do it in a natural way rather than be like, can you stop what you're saying? I'll take pictures of you. <laughs> I'm going to take photos. Um, I always forget to tell, you, tell people and then I whip out the phone and they're like mid-sentence and they sort of pause like, what is he doing? Um, do you feel like, are, are you in a position, because like, I guess while we're in that moment when we're younger, we don't realise, but do you think... School is different now than when you were in school. Massively different. I think as as a, as a teacher, I would say schools are such better places than they were. You know, when I mean, I'm obviously a, li- a little bit, he says cheekily, a little bit older than you could tell. <laughs> Quite a bit older than you could tell. I mean, when I was in like junior school, you'd be still smacked about by the teachers, you know. Really? Seriously. And, See, I don't uh, think I could have coped with that. I probably would have like retaliated. <laughs> well, it was crazy. It was crazy. And then, and then, uh, I mean, my, luckily my secondary school wasn't too, too bad uh, for all that stuff. It, it seemed to phase out. But um, I think, I think you know, schools now are so centred on well-being of the of the children in their care, and rightly so. I think what what is a real shame and what was exposed in the in the pandemic. Um, is actually that kids who are less advantaged, you know, uh, don't get don't get really the help they need. I think in this country, and I think that's a shame. You know, we're one of the wealthiest countries in the world. We've got the best education system in the world. Yeah, and actually, that education system still cannot level out the social injustice that we have in this country. I'm sorry, I'm getting political and I'm not, no, I'm not here to be political. It's, it's fine, it's fine. I totally see where, where you're coming from, especially when it comes to emotional maturity. I feel like um, there, there are certain situations where you hear something that I, I would hear back in the 90s and certainly doesn't belong in society now, something a kid would say about minority or homosexuality or women in general. I mean, yeah. and having, uh, is it, wasn't it Andrew Tate? That, that oh, bloody idiot. Awful. Like, he's creating all sorts of weird insecurities about masculinity at the moment. That's yeah. just like absolutely blowing my mind. It's apparently it's, it's, um, that's my wife and Timmy. It's all right. You guys can come in, relax. My wife's like, I'll go into the, into the bedroom. I'm like, no, cause you make me look like <laughs> taking over the, um, apparently now it's, it's, it's super feminine or it's emasculate to to cuddle your child well, and hold crazy. your ch- hold your baby. But this guy Andrew Tate, right? He's a he's a proven criminal. He's a horrendous person. Womanizing and he's he, he's criminal. Hateful yeah. misogyny is, is people listen to it and 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 it's it's crazy. Absolutely yeah. crazy. I mean, my daughter's a teacher as well, and she she's in um, Nottingham, and she's you know she she teaches in a in a big academy school and there's there's boys there that she's teaching who was 12 13 years old who think andrew tate is the best thing since sliced bread and hang on every word he, he was saying yeah it's yeah. like it's, it's so wrong that mixed with like the likes of jake and logan paul who have made a career out of just being rude to people you mix them together. It's really, it is really hard to sort of find. But that being said, I've met young people, especially doing this podcast thing. I've met young people and in my job and, you know, in the universe that restore my faith in the the, next, the upcoming generations, you know. Um, and you must see that in school all the yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm very lucky in this. Am I allowed to say the school I work at? Yeah, you can do it. I'm yeah, sure I'm very fine. lucky. I work at the high school in Shrewsbury. And, uh, you know, the young people I get to work with are so rounded and balanced and, and you know, diversity and inclusion is a big part of what we project as a school. Good. Uh, but the girls bring it as well. And where they see unfairness or injustice, they're, you know, they're encouraged to raise it and discuss it. And it's, um, I think it's, you know, it's it's a blessing really to be in an environment where we all are working from the same page. I think it's super important. And by the way, I remember I think about the the high school. I know I'm thinking the Shrewsbury school. You're in the high school. I'm thinking the Shrewsbury school. It's not the same, is it? It's not the same. No, no, no. I'll say it anyway. That's fine. <laughs> Shout out to the Shrewsbury yeah. school. Uh, I remember we did uh, we were doing the Darwin Festival a couple of years ago. And we did a bit in the library there because we got the Darwin Library. And so I had cameras and I had microphones and I was doing stuff. 
and I'd finished and I'd gone, goodbye, everybody. I'm going to walk to my car. And I was walking through the grounds of the Shrewsbury School and uh, some prefects stopped me and they were like, why are you walking through the grounds of the Shrewsbury School and why do you have a camera? And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's and I was like, that's a really good question. This guy was huge as well. He was like six foot three. I was like, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's great that you're, you're coming up to me, but I'm the biscuit guy. Get out of my face. <laughs> And then I just shoved them out. I'm not joking. I said, I said, I congratulated them on sort of being vigilant. That's good. Yeah, they're doing their part. Yeah, yeah. I was like, explain. I've just been doing some filming. Showed them it was off. I'm going to my car. You know, it's so funny. Um, that's really good. It is <laughs> funny, isn't it? I mean, I've got. It's not quite as not quite as exciting as that. I was when I was teaching back in Wolverhampton. There was a kid come whizzing across the backfield of the school I was working at on like a BMX, right? Clearly not in school. You have nothing to do in the school. And I, so I thought it was some local young person thinking they'd come and have a pop or whatever. So I said, excuse me, excuse me, come here. What are you doing? Can't come on here. It's private property. And this poor lad looked at me and he pointed. He had his, uh, <laughs> he had his newspaper bag. He was bringing the papers to <laughs> Post the papers. <laughs> get off our property. Yeah, get off my land. Oh yeah, you can post the papers. That's fine. Thanks. Yeah, please carry on. Uh, um, so when you when you talk about like bringing your um, this is going to sound like a weird question, but I think it needs to be on like your outside art preferences and the way you like to do things, and then like the curriculum of how you're supposed to teach things because there's one way and there's another way, isn't there? Do you find it difficult sometimes to bring to separate? the professional way of teaching to how you like to do art at home. Yeah, right. no, it's totally different. It's a totally different thing, I think. I'm, I'm Mr. Millie. So I've put my, put my tie on. I'm Mr. Millie Champ at school. And then when he goes home, he's in the garage with Slipknot. And it's like, ah! Exactly, 100%. <laughs> it is like that. I mean, that's that's what it's like. But I think, you, you know, because you, as a teacher, you uh, have a, you know, you have a professional job to do professional duty care to students and and you're there and i'm there teaching so like going back to mike's thing about you can't teach style but you i'm there to teach techniques to help students get confident yes to to then find their own voice i'm not there you know that we have no house style there's no school it'd be easy as a teacher to say right you're all going to do this this is how you're going to do it and teach them all by rote to to make nice copies of impressionist paintings or whatever yeah that's not the point of it for me you know yeah they'd all pass the exam but the point of it is is to encourage them to go into the world and be them confident artists having their own voice and if they want to do architecture they want to do fashion they want to do whatever as the next step you know we send them off with confidence in themselves i was talking about this last time um on the it was actually on the outro of the interview i did with ash and joey from dungarees and squeegees um, they've just got their their, their first their, their screen press um, studio and English bridge workshops. Amazing. They do amazing T-shirts and stuff. Anyway, what I was talking about was how important culture is to society over history. So I was going back. I, was, I think the comment I made was about the Renaissance. We wouldn't know what was going on in the Renaissance if, we didn't, if it wasn't for the art, right, and the music. Yeah. Right? So when the the people in the government were like, during COVID, like, don't be an artist, be an accountant. I was like, that's probably one of the most offensive things you could yeah. say to a creative. Like, yeah. Do you remember the uproar? They had that poster with the ballerina. Yeah. A, a, a little <laughs> a young girl in a ballerina, and it was like, oh, she's now retrained as a, yeah, as an accountant. And it was like the uproar because, well, not only is it short-sighted and clumsy of uh, on the part of the whoever's put that message together, but actually... You can have amazing careers in the arts, in de- be it in dance, yeah. performing arts, music, visual art. You know, you can have in- incredibly rewarding, successful. We have one of our local artists careers. built two massive mansions in Bellevue on the back yeah. of his work with The Walking Dead. You know what yeah. I mean, <laughs> exactly. And uh, you know, we at the high school we had an old girl come back, Deborah Lloyd. Uh, this was a year ago. She came to speak to the girls. She's really generous with the time. Uh, and she was creative director of Kate Spade, New York. Wow. And she's worth over 20 million. Well, there you she's go. She's retired young and she's enjoying her retirement, you know, working in the fashion industry, right? So the, the, there's so many careers that you can have and be successful. So that in, in itself is ridiculous. But then at a time when we're all 
absorbing art because there's nothing you know lockdown if you think of lockdown what did we all do we put the radio on we put the tv on we so watched, from the youtube netflix we, yeah <laughs> it's and that's all the creative industries and that's what kept everybody going it's really funny because it's like well who designed this poster hmm exactly yeah. <laughs> graphic it's, designers as well so bonkers but what you've got to think about i think i think people think art is a luxury right they think art is an extra it's not right. every human society on earth throughout history and prehistory yes has made art so if it's just an extra thing that's a nice luxury why have we always I was watching a documentary about, um, oh my God, I've forgotten the name of the, uh, <sighs> the prehistoric 50,000 year old, uh, so say a version of, of human beings. I've forgotten the name of him. Uh, not Neanderthals, the ones before Neanderthals. Homo, because it's Homo sapiens, aren't they? And then there's Homo erectus, Homo. 50,000 years ago, we were drawing paintings on a wall. You know, that is art. It starts from that. Yeah. Like, and they weren't doing that to hang in the Tate Gallery. No. <laughs> They're doing that because they wanted to. And they want... But it's the spiritual element. I mean, if you look through history, art and, and the spiritual have always been connected. You know, if you go back to the Renaissance, obviously, but also like the, the in the Renaissance, they were looking back to ancient Rome, ancient Greece, mm. and, and those times people thought about the muses, right? So if you were creative, if you put on a, an amazing piece of drama... It was you were inspired by the muses, which were the yeah. gods of creativity. You know, because we're just humans, we're not creative, right? It's a it's a flash of the divine creativity. And I'm not getting spiritual. I'm saying that's how people saw it. But if you look at the, at the throughout history and prehistory, art and spiritualism, faith, divinity, whatever version it's been through time, they've always been linked from those earliest cave paintings to. You know, right up to the Renaissance. I remember looking at the um, the uh, Robin Milton, the guy from St Mary's Church. I was in St Mary's Church. I may edit that out. <laughs> and we were looking at the the windows, stained glass windows, and he's like, "Look, this means this, this means that, and this means that." And then he was like, "I'll tell you exactly what that is. That is your first comic book." Yeah. And I looked at the stained glass windows. Like, oh my god! And that's like. 700 years old. <laughs> but not only that, not only is that your first comic book, that's your first colour TV. Yeah. That's your first cinema. Think about this. Medieval people, right? You Everything's brown. Everything is brown. Your house is brown. Your clothes are brown. Your skin is caked in dirt. Everything's just, you know, neutral, right? And then you go into this dark hall and it's the biggest building in the village and it's got the nicest stone in the village and you go in and you sit in the pews. And you look up, you imagine the sunlight coming through those coloured windows, mm. that coloured glass, glowing, illuminated, you know? That's, Magnificent. Th that's, and now yeah. we've got that in our pocket. You've got a mobile phone in yeah. your pocket that's yeah. got the whole world illuminated in your pocket. And that's what I was talking to on The Biscuit Guy, guys. It was a very clever segue. If you want to listen to me in an R-rated nature, we'll listen, listen to The Biscuit Guy. But um, I was chatting to Mike about, um, you know, the... Back when, way back when, when Mike was first doing his comic books, when they would be like, what does a, pa a, a, a palm tree look like? They'd have to go and rummage and look for an old picture of a palm tree. Whereas now we can just go Google, palm tree, done. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Incredible. It is amazing. And it's, it's. I know there are many problems with the internet. And we were talking about Andrew Tate earlier, and, you know, hate speech and you know, all that other stuff that's just horrendous. But the internet is such a force of, of, good of positive of sharing knowledge it's amazing and, and like you were saying when i when i was at you know at school doing art it was there was like a dusty shelf in the back of the art room with the art teacher's old art books and if you wanted to learn about any artist you'd go and take a book down yeah. and look through whereas now my students i'm saying to them oh, what do you know about picasso and it's like click 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 oh oh i like this Sir, this is great. What a, yeah. Us, um, Fantastic. Oh, my God. What, how's it just gone? What's the name of the encyclopedia we had on the, on the computer, PC? Britannica. Uh, no. Was it? Oh, my God. We used to sit and watch it, and you should be, there was like a clicky game you could play. Oh, my God. The, oh, my God. The CD-ROM um, encyclopedia. 
<laughs> CD-ROMs, do you remember yeah. those? I mean, laptops don't even have CDs, no. Oh, my God, what's it called? Encarta. Oh, Encarta, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> exactly what you're My wife's about. like, she's in the background, saying, yes, remember that? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. CD-ROM, and I just saw the actual <laughs> CD-ROM as well on the picture. Look, look, there it is. I mean, they were so advanced, CD-ROM. Oh, I, I was that? Back in the days, we had floppy disks. Encarta 97. Yeah. I was at university then. Encarta. Um yeah, so inspiration is everywhere for young people and people of all ages. Um, but when it comes to Shrewsbury and the art that's within this loop, I say within this loop, but obviously we're talking about Shrewsbury and Shropshire, I guess. Um, it seems to be a quite a special town as it, far as art. Yeah, it's a community. real creative hub. I mean, I love it. I think this is part of what drew us to move over here because when really? we first moved here, we moved to Bellevue initially. Um, we've moved out a little bit further now, but uh, you know the 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 kind of art scene and the culture and the, and all the little galleries and places you can go and Shropshire more widely, yeah, you know Iron Bridge and um, there's there's just so much going on and all the competitions, you know, fantastic what the what the Bellevue Arts uh, Festival puts on and and. Um, I just, you know, all these all these community groups that that make things happen, and it's those competitions that keep us going as artists because it's things to get involved with. And it's something it to do, isn't it? It's gives you to... something to work towards, and it means then that you that you're seeing, um, you know, other artists. You get to meet people, you make connections. I've seen like brand new artists like flourish. Apps like like I'm going to shout out Jane Pickwith. Just as, as, cause she is a good friend of ours, but like also as well, she was like, I'm going to try to do some painting. I'm going to try to do some painting. Um, I've got a bit of a, one, one of the first bits of art in my room. It's really nice. Um, and Timmy's got one on his wall as well. Um, and she started doing that before the Bellevue Arts Festival and she put in, she had a piece in the, in the, in the yeah. she's, and that was like brand new. So this competition has inspired brand new artists to go yeah. out there and try. And, the, and like the Shrewsbury Art Trail. You know, that kind of takes over the whole town and the, the, the things that happen, uh, you know, and this Dali sculptures coming into Shrewsbury. Yeah, Dali pieces. I love Dali. It was crazy. It was amazing. And, it, you know, I had a piece in that um, exhibition, the Shrewsbury Art Trail in the summer, and I can say to people, I've had my work next to David Ogden and Salvador Dali. You know, that that's like, for me, that's like, oh my God, it's so cool. I remember we were in that room. I was like, who's that? Who's that? And there's the, the one with the Dennis the Menace picture that's a famous artist. I've forgotten the name of the artist, but apparently it's a very, very, very famous was artist. It Banksy? Was it Banksy? It wasn't Banksy, was it? No, was uh, but he was next to your painting. And yeah, I was like, who's that? And they were like, James Mitch. I was like, oh, <laughs> local boy. Okay, hello. Yeah. What a privilege. Hello. What a privilege, you know, to show your work in, in somewhere like Shrewsbury Museum Art Gallery amongst such esteemed artists and Mike as well of course and Charlie Adelard had pieces in Charlie who? <laughs> I think he's into comic art or something I think he's, comic. I think he's alright I don't think, I think you're making this up <laughs> um, so that that's amazing and that's what I love about Shrewsbury and Shropshire is that these these things exist you know all these competitions all these events and festivals and people can get involved as artists but also f for the wider community we can go and see exhibitions and experience things and yeah it really is magical um and i, I love it i mean because it's given me so much to talk about and it's really weird because i'm an audio only podcast i've talked a lot about art which people can't see whilst they listen to the thing <laughs> but you can also get i mean like you can look at james's work now like look just type in james movie champ and uh, uh the beauty of the internet you can Google it's me. not an Encarta, but it <laughs> it's not. It's not quite an Encarta. Yet. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe one day. Uh, I'm going to play a game with you, um, if that's okay. And being as you've been a teacher working at school, if there's anything appropriate, inappropriate that comes up, you can skip it. I'm giving you permission. But um, let me just check. We won't get the right button. It's a game called. Why it's random, isn't it? Eh? It's so community radio, I love it. Um, this is this is random minute. It's just a literally a minute of random questions. Do I win a million pounds at the end? 
That'd be nice, wouldn't it? But no, I'm sorry. I don't have that in my budget. Um, I need a stopwatch. Where's my stopwatch? I forgot to use my phone. Watch, even. Okay, here we go. Um, no, that's my alarm. I'm like, I feel like I need to stretch out, you know, limber up, ready for this. I love this so much because it puts people on edge. It's so good. So I found um, a, a website called teambuilding.com. And they've got a random question generator. That's so cool. I'm mean, so using that at school. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> I'll send you the link. <laughs> Teambuilding.com. Messing- you have to check everything that you're going to play at school. Trust me. Oh, I bet, actually, yeah. <laughs> My teacher asked me about this and this. Um, okay. So what I'll do is I'll bring up the first question, and then I'll press start, and you've got like a minute. Try okay. and answer as many as you can, all right? Oh, well, I'll try. Okay. What do you enjoy the most about your holidays? Uh, being with my family. What book are you currently reading? I'm currently reading the Wizard of Earthsea trilogy. I'm on the third book. Literally, I can't get enough of Ursula K. Le Guin. Amazing. Nice. Uh, what do you enjoy most about your job? Uh, seeing the progress for young people, you know, seeing people get confident and move forward. Amazing. Nice. And world peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm joking. <laughs> what is your favorite, uh, your greatest cook that you know? Who is the greatest cook you know? I'd have to say my wife, wouldn't I? But uh, <laughs> yeah, between my wife and my mom. Oh, that's a controversial one. Uh, what is something that frustrates you at work? Uh, not having enough hours in the day to do all the things I'd like to do. <sighs> where, <laughs> employee of the month. Uh, where, when you take notes, <laughs> do you jot down ideas online with a pen or paper? What? What was it? What I don't understand that. I'll take this back a few seconds with there. When you take notes, do you jot down ideas online oh, or okay, with yeah. a pen and on paper? A, uh, on a on a tablet these days. Yeah. Okay. Uh, would you rather work from home or in an office? F- home, probably. <laughs> Although I'd get really fat. <laughs> and there we go. That's the end of... <laughs> Wait, it's random, isn't it? Yeah? Oh, Derek. I love you. Derek Willis did that for me. He's wonderful. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's I love it. Um, so... Uh, speaking about that, did you do lots of virtual online teaching stuff during the pandemic? Did that you? was quite hard. We for did. Art, we I mean, did. Like... It was hard for art because, I mean, it was great, actually. There was lots of... Go and paint a flower. Well, <laughs> it, it, the challenge was in school, you're teaching techniques. As we said earlier, you're teaching techniques about perspective or whatever. So you'll be using material. So, like, we're using, you know, uh, acrylic paints to work out colour theory or we're using... Mm-hmm charcoal to work at tonal value well if you're teaching remotely you can't assume that people have acrylic paints and charcoal and canvases and whatever else just knocking about their house you grab a piece of silk guys grab a piece so, of yeah, yeah exactly yeah. have you got your batik wax pops today we're learning about silk and mat <laughs> piece of paper and a piece of silk it was, so it was um it was interesting but we the, the i was lucky enough to be at the high school who really put in the um, effort to make sure there was teaching for students so there was there was online lessons every lesson was just online instead of in school and i know some schools didn't do it like that they might have you know my son's school they set some tasks and then it was a little bit uh a little bit in between so it, so that was good but it was it was certainly a challenge so it's not opened up any like ideas of oh we can do virtual stuff now like it's like as soon as the pandemic is over that's going straight in the bin. <laughs> I think that, well the thing with teaching is a lot of it is is transactional you know it's relational it's like you were saying we were saying earlier about about the teachers you know you you got to get on with your teacher you know, I think yeah, yeah. and I tr- I try to treat every child in my care as I would wish my children be treated but I think when you're dealing with you know teenage people who've got hormones and got issues you don't whatever else uh you know you have to be quite sensitive to that and actually when you're face to face you can read sometimes you can read moods you can read atmosphere you can negotiate things like you were saying about your teacher who let you let it all out yeah, and yeah. then talk you down and then set you off onto cadets and yeah, you know yeah. you can't you couldn't have done any of that remotely. No. Right? Because if you were having a, 
a, a paddy. Did you just turn the laptop off? It was definitely very much of a paddy. I was having. Do you know what I mean? So I think that I think the face to face thing, and also school is actually about socialisation and about learning to work with others and learning to be cooperative. <laughs> I was thinking about when you were saying about um, you got to get on with your teacher, and I was thinking, well, are there is any other aspect of. I've had some real asshole bosses in my past. Um, you know, in my old jobs years and years ago, of course. Um, I feel like school has taught me that as well. <laughs> it's taught me how to like behave and get a job done with someone that maybe you didn't yeah. get on well with. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Not, that sounds like a really negative thing to say, but no, but that is like you know, if you when you're working in a job, you don't pick your colleagues, do you? No, you no. Just, you just work with them and you and you get on with them as best you can, and that is something you learn at school is how to navigate and how to how to negotiate and how to compromise and i think all that stuff is life life skills isn't it um bellevue arts festival a festival this year um coming up i will you be part taking part again will you be have you heard much to, about it i'd love to get involved i mean there's the secret seven thing as well that's open for applications this, this is what i mean about shropshire there's so many things and and um I love it because it because it spurs me on to do the next piece. Like I've got loads of ideas. I mean, I could just you know. That's me what in. I read about uh, uh, um, Katie Rink's like write up about you it was like there was there were two things that, that struck me. One was you saying there's not enough time for you to be creative and professional at the same time. It's hard to squeeze them in. Totally relate to that. And also about how you're having too many ideas. Yeah. <laughs> and not enough time to do that. I just want the time to. So you lock me in a shed for six months, and I'll just come out at the end. Covered in paint with loads like, of canvases. It's done. But it's but the, but those competitions give you the impetus, you know, because the idea is there in your mind, and you think, oh, actually, the deadline for this is six weeks away. I better actually get on and make it. Yeah. Happen. It, give, it spurs you on. It gives you that charge. And then even if you don't get into the to the competitions, you know, the fact that it's on, then you go and you meet other artists, and there's the, the, there's a community of artists. Yeah, you know, in Shrewsbury and Shropshire, there is, and it's, there is, and it's it's so good, and uh, you know, even out to Ironbridge Fine Arts, there they just did a printmaking competition. I was lucky enough to be in that, and it's um, I think it spurs you on to the next thing, how, something how, to aim for. How many disciplines of art do you have that are you are kind of like favourites of? Is there too many to name? Like, well, my thing really, so I I tend to paint, yeah, and uh, printmake, so I do like etchings and dry point in taglio printmaking uh but obviously as a teacher you teach everything you're a master of of all trades really in a way because you're teaching ceramics you're teaching textile is there is there a discipline that you're not the best at and you're like i can't oh it's coming up again are you allowed to say you might i probably i probably couldn't say (laughs) i probably couldn't say it's, well, the nice thing about where I work is we've got we've got a creative technologies faculty, so we've got a team of people. So our um, technician is a is a ceramics specialist, amazing ceramics artist. She's her work is sublime. I mean, sublime. Uh, so you know she's got this wealth of of skill and knowledge to draw on. My other colleague is is a fine artist, but she's also got incredible experience with textiles and knows it inside out good and wealth of knowledge in. and then nice. uh, yeah and then we've got a dt and food teacher who's just amazing with the the practical side but then and then we pull in you know we've got somebody doing um graphics at the moment as an a-level graphic communication so so we go and chat to the marketing team and the graphic design people and you know so there's the people you can draw into to i mean i know it enough but obviously you want that specialist I'm, we should do it. I should meet with the, the school and be like, D- "Design a brand new Shrewsbury biscuit logo. The winner, I'll use it, and then the, the best one. I just get to pick my new. We could do that for you. Yeah, we'll do. That's all right. <laughs> get a free logo, and the buzz of a competition yeah. as well. But well, I think that I think, <laughs> like joking aside, that would be ace actually. Really? Because I'll tell you why. It's a real world scenario, isn't it? Right. So you've got a you've got a real podcast. That needs a real logo. That's actually going to become a real thing. Yeah? Oh, yeah. So for a young person, suddenly they're invested because that's a real challenge, and Ooh. you're an actual, you know, business. You're a person. You're going to judge. It's not just old Mister Millichamp saying, "Right, kids, we're doing graphics this week." It's a real outcome 
judged by a real this is actually that i mean i'm not i'm I'm being quite serious because i'm doing seasons now this is season alpha because i couldn't go from season one after doing 400 odd episodes i'd just be weird so in season alpha (laughs) we'll do that and we'll do 26 i like it and then you're gonna do like pokemon diamond pokemon pearl then then we'll do all all 26 letters of the alphabet then we'll do alpha brava (laughs) (laughs) alpha charlie (laughs) that's so funny so maybe for season bravo You'll need a logo. We'll need a logo. I know some no, amazing episodes. creative young people who would love to design you a logo. Can I take... It, it's not taking advantage of it. I mean, I feel like it no, is a great incentive. It, you're it's right. It's a great incentive for the youngsters because they'll have to think about them. Well, who is your podcast for? What kind of target audience are they designing for? What colours and, yeah, yeah, low, and sure. lettering would you want for that market? Hmm, I was looking at my calendar behind you because I, I remembered I've... <laughs> I've got I've got an event that I got asked to go to at the end of January, and I've just I just remembered it now. I'm getting involved with the community, and that's the whole point of this Shoes with Biscuit yeah, is that yeah. it's inclusive for everybody. That's why I keep it family friendly and stuff. So maybe we can do. I'll speak to the school and speak to you. See if I think do. that'd be really good. Okay, cool. I'm excited. Um, what would you say to somebody out there? Um, I, this this is going to sound like a very cliche question, but I feel like it's designed more for people like like Jane, who's like. A closeted artist that's maybe Jane's just come out of her artistic closet and she's now doing this amazing art that's now all over town. Um, if somebody was in that, that that defensive mode and and too scared to come out, what do you say to them in way of artists? You, you, everybody's an artist. Everybody's an artist. Everybody has in them creativity and it comes out in different ways you know it might be that you're great in the kitchen that random question about who's the best cook right it might come out in your food that you're preparing it might come out in the way you arrange your your living room and your home furnishings it might come out in all sorts of different ways but everybody has has got an artist in them it's finding something to to kind of tap into and let that out and i would say you know you can sign up for courses you can go and do evening classes. Just have a have a. It doesn't go. cost anything to do the Bellevue Arts either, does it? You can just can you just like put in a, a for the com- competition to enter. Yeah, I think it's open to en- anybody, isn't it, to enter? Seriously, guys, like give the Bellevue Arts Festival, and this isn't me. They are friends of mine. You know, they're good people. But like, it is like we've talked about incentives and stuff a lot for this podcast. But if you want something to strive towards and something to go towards, then the Bellevue Arts Festival is great, and also get to meet great artists around Shrewsbury as well. Yeah. I think that's the thing. We 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 moved over here knowing there was a, an interesting scene as a creative and there's lots of uh, galleries and opportunities. But I had no idea, you know, actually how many seriously successful And it's a conveyor belt as well. It's constantly are, are churning. In this area. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Mad, mad. People really. we get to meet. Incredible. Um, well, James, I think you've been a great guest. I was right. I was so right about this. I was like, we, we gelled up. Um, my cousin's in the background. I was talking about um, the, the drug deal with the with Mike Perkins. One of my favourite moments in my life. <laughs> my son sat there like, what? <laughs> the Mike Perkins painting. Yeah, yeah. Timmy's nodding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um Actually, do you know what? I, before we go, actually, I, there was one question I really wanted to ask you about teaching. Yes. Young people getting into teaching. I know there's a big drive to bring new young people into becoming teachers and stuff. Um, advice for people that may want to become, go into the world of teaching. I think you've got to go for it. It is, a, it is something you either want to do or don't want to do. It's not a job. You know, people sort of go, oh, you get all these nice holidays and you work from nine till three o'clock and, you know, it's easy for me to sit here as a teacher and say none of that is true. You do get breaks, but you need the breaks because it's so exhausting. And the, the idea that you do nine till three is not really the case. Um, I think go. You know, teaching is is amazing, fantastic career. I really do feel so lucky and honoured to work with young people and and help them find their way. And and uh, as I said, my daughter's a teacher now. Wow. Uh, I think it's... Um, Set a tone. <laughs> I think it's so, it is so rewarding, but you've got you've got to really want to do yeah. it. You've got to be... Can't do it if you don't really like children. I mean, you've got funny. to be committed to it. <laughs> well, the weird thing is you end up, um, you know, li- liking all the children in your care. There's, there might be a complete nightmare 
it's not the case where I work. I'm very lucky to say, but um, <laughs> you know, you think to yourself, well, actually, this is a child who clearly is having whatever problems. And it's that, nice to be you, happy in your job, isn't you, it? You try and find your way around it. It's it's a brilliant job. It really yeah, is. Yeah, totally. Um, well, thank you very much for joining me on the Shoes Biscuit. Where can people follow your stuff? Where can people? Uh, I've got an Instagram, James Millichamp, Fragile Studios. Uh, that's it, really. Yeah, uh, I'll put yeah. the link on the on the readout. So, oh, that'd be amazing. I mean, I, you know, I've got stuff around. Do you do commissions outside of exhibitions? Your job? Not really, no, because of the time. Yeah, because I'm so busy teaching. You know, I tend to work in the holidays on my art practice. So, if, um, if you want, James as I said earlier, I'll do it for me, and then if if I'm lucky, somebody else might like it. And people seem to, so that's that's nice. That's, that's always good. good. So if you want James to paint you like one of his French girls, can't do that. I'm afraid it's busy. It's not happening. Yeah, thanks, James, for joining me on the show. Thank today. You so much. <laughs> and there we have it. What a great interview that was with James. Uh, really chilled out. I love those chats where we can just sit and relax and just talk about what's on our mind. Sometimes that gets me into trouble, uh, but most times it just creates a great podcast like the one you just uh, heard, which is quite cool. So thank you, James, for joining us on the Shoes of Biscuit, and we'll definitely get him on again at some point. I mean, we're, make, we're making plans, as you just heard. We're, we're going to do stuff and create a competition, which is great. I'm really excited about that. And this is what the power of podcasting can do. With a power of a conversation, you can change the world. And if you want to have your opportunity to come on the show and talk to me and change the world in your own little way, uh, please get in touch. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. I am on other social medias, but they're my three strongest. I think I only go on Twitter very now and again. I think if a, if a pop-up catches me on my phone or something, you know, or if there's a, a juicy headline, I'll probably go on Twitter. And LinkedIn, I only go on to show off about stuff. So, yeah, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, TikTok for the odd video now and again. Yeah, that's they're the best places to catch me. Um, but you can also email me at shrewsburybiscuitpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, love to hear off you. You know, if you've got an amazing story to tell, come on my show and tell it. Um, that's what we're here to do. Okay, guys, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for Jay, to James for being a great guest, and I'll catch you guys next time. Peace out.